Yeah, Independence Day and uh, July 4th. Can you believe it's already the 1st of July here in 2018? So I want to talk a little bit about that. I uh, taught some American history. I believe that, you know, God's, it was God's will founded this country, praise the Lord, uh, to, to be a shining light to the whole world. And he's done that, most blessed nation on earth. We do a little travel. We can see that now very clearly. But before I go there, I just wanted to recap and um, last week's message, in case you weren't here on the blood covenant, and just do a little review. Because like I said, when uh, she just prayed, let's just not go to church to get something checked off, but let's take in the word and let it become a part of us. So um, I just want to review the main focus of what I said last week. Genesis chapter 15, if you go with me there, flip our Bibles. Praise God, Genesis 15. And uh, before we read it, I'm just going to welcome our guest here. Welcome everybody. Welcome to the River of Life. If you're a, a guest here today or haven't been in a while, we hope you get to stop by our Welcome Center. Maybe you did on the way in. There's a little card you can fill out with your name, address, and email so we can keep you posted on upcoming things at the river. We also want to give you a gift. We have a River of Life mug and uh, some information about the church, one of our CDs. So if you didn't get to on the way in, please stop by the Welcome Center on the way out and someone will be there to give you a gift and you can sign that card uh, for us. Praise the Lord. Also, if you've been here a while and um, you feel like God is leading you or this is where he's called you to be your home church. We have a covenant member form right out these doors on the left on the table. And it says you're joining with us as a covenant, you know, making agreeing with what we're doing here. Praise God. Also, we want to remind everyone <clears throat> we have a Sunday school classes. Our, we call them our life groups. They meet at 930 in the morning. Praise God. We uh, with the new youth building and new classes out there. We also have some new additions in the church, uh, some new classrooms available. And uh, if you're not in a class and would like to be, you can join that 930 every Sunday morning and they go to about 1020, giving everyone time to get over here. Uh, praise God. Um, if you don't have time for the class but would like to keep up with what's going on, I encourage everyone that comes to the River of Life to take our River of Life 101 class. And that is simply on those bookshelves. And you can see uh, Miss Becky uh, in our Welcome Center and get you one. There's River of Life 101. It's a book by Joseph Prince called Destined to Rain. Uh, they're $10. You can get one there. Read that book, study. Praise the Lord. It just unfolds the truth of New Covenant grace so clearly. And there's another one there by Andrew Womack uh, called The War is Over. It's pretty much the same teaching. So, you know, get either one you like. Some folks struggle with Joseph Prince. He's, a, you know, in Singapore, he wears a leather jacket and he's got a different looks and it's got an accent. Some folks can't handle that. So they get the other guy, Andrew Womack. He's a little more country. He lives in Colorado. So praise God, whatever floats your boat there. But the main thing is the teaching. Okay, read the word and, and, uh, and get plugged in there. River of Life 101. If you haven't read it, grab that. Praise God. Also, we've been having some uh, great Wednesday night services. Tyler Dean just did an excellent teaching this Wednesday night. Have something for everybody on Wednesday nights. Adults, 
children, youth. And this Wednesday night, 4th of July, praise God, whatever you're celebrating with your parties and uh, celebrating the 4th with your family, that's great. We'll also have service here that night for whoever can, okay? So we will be around. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 15. Um, and also a reminder, too, uh, we do have children's church and nursery, and uh, you can check your kids in before the service. If you have checked your kids in, make sure you check them out. Go, so you go get your kids after service, all right? Because we don't, we don't just release them to run over here. You've got to go and get them. You want, want everything to be safe. So if you have kids here now and you want them to go to children's church, you're welcome. We have a wonderful place back there. They have a good time. We have a nursery, a toddler's room, and even a, um, a peace room right back here for nursing mothers. Praise the Lord. Genesis 15, chapter 5, I mean verse uh, 5, he took him out inside and said, look at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. He's making this covenant with the father of our faith, Abraham. And say, I'm going to give you offspring and I'm going to give them an inheritance, a land. Amen. And uh, Abraham was older then. He didn't have any children. He had to believe God and trust in faith that he was leaving the world to go to the promised land and have an inheritance for all of his children and children's children. The Bible says in verse 6, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Here's a major key in all the biblical teaching, all the truth of God's word. He's credited to him as righteousness by his faith. Praise God. We are saved by grace through faith. Amen. We're justified by faith. Here's the beginning of it. He believed God. Amen. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur to give you the land to take possession of it. But Abraham said, O oh, sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? How can I know this? What, what can I see? What can I know? Here I am. I'm older. I don't have but of a, a children. But yeah, you show me the stars and I believe you that I'm going to have children and I will inherit the land. So God said, praise the Lord, bring me a heifer, a goat and a ram. You know, he, he brought all these to him and he cut them in two. And we talked about this last week, and I just want to recap and get to the end of the story. Praise God. We said, you know, he's making a blood covenant. And we gave the story of David Livingstone, praise God, and, and Mr. Stanley, who went on that trip to find Dr. Livingstone in Africa. And we told the story of him. They're making a blood covenant with a chief of a tribe, and that gave him favor everywhere he went throughout Africa. And uh, the covenants were known. And it's a blood covenant. It's sealed with blood. And they cut these animals in half. I told you last week. And they laid them in a carcass on each side. And there was a gap about this wide to walk through. And, you know, one person uh, uh, had somebody representing him making the covenant to pass through. And then the other would. And now here's a covenant God's making with Abraham. But I want to I bring something out I didn't mention last week here. The Bible says... As the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep. Okay? As the covenant was being made, Abraham was supposed to pass through. And he's passing through saying, hey, I'm going to keep this covenant with God. 
So all of the blessings that came out with the law of the covenant with Moses after Mount Sinai, and he wrote it down in Deuteronomy, you can see all the blessings. I'm going to bless you in the field. I'm going to bless you the fruit of your womb. I'm going to bless your nation. I'm going to bless your children. I'm going to bless you with everything. All of these blessings are part of the covenant that you will receive as a covenant partner with God. But then if you break the covenant, all of these curses will come upon you. And then they pass through the covenant and they pass through making this blood covenant, seal it in blood, becoming one with each other. But the idea is if you break the covenant, you'll become like one of these broken dead animals, bloody animals, because that's the curse of the covenant. And here yet Abraham goes to sleep. The point is, church, our part of the covenant is faith. God made the covenant with himself. The Bible says, as we finish this part of the message up, verse 17, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said to your descendants, I will give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates and all the lands of these people who are living there. It belongs to me and I'm going to give it to you. They're still dealing with that land now. But I want you to know they passed through that covenant and it was Jesus representing us making the covenant with God. It was God in his word making the covenant with himself because you know what? I'm praise God because man couldn't keep it. We read last week in Hebrews, I'm going to give you a new covenant. Because it's not going to be like the one I gave you in the wilderness. It's a new covenant because I found fault with the first. The first, the problem was not the word of God. The problem was man had a sin nature and couldn't keep it. So just reminding you from last week, to continue to carry this idea and believe in your heart and understand that Jesus, praise God, passed through, praise the Lord, and he fulfilled the part of that covenant we couldn't do. He kept all the law. He never sinned. He represented. He was like our representative of mankind going to the covenant, going, passing through the covenant for us. He kept it all. We did not keep it. So praise God, all of the punish it, punishment for all of us breaking it as those broken dead animals fell on Christ instead of us. Amen. So he kept the covenant for us. And then he also kept our part of the punishment of the covenant. Praise God. So all of the curse, he who knew no sin, he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. He became the curse, praise God, where there's no more curse on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's like he, he kept the covenant. Now we get all the blessings of the covenant that he kept. All the blessings God spoke over Abraham, spoke over Israel, speak over, he's speaking over you, and you receive that because of Christ. All of the curses and the punishment and the guilt and the shame and the problems that come, we don't receive because Jesus became the curse for us. Now, you enter that covenant by faith in Christ. Are you with me? You have entered this same covenant of Abraham 
You've entered it by your faith. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Christians, we believe God that he sent Christ to do it all for us. And it's credited to you as righteousness. Isn't that wonderful? I'm uh, glad that note, Abraham's part in the matter, he was sleeping. I'm glad Jesus did it all for me. I can't add anything to it. Take anything. He did it all. Hey, he purchased my ticket. I'm going to heaven and I'm right with God based on what he did. He purchased it with his blood. Amen. It's not cheap. I hate when people use the word of grace and say, and, and, and try to describe it as cheap grace. Oh, don't ever say that. Don't ever think it. It's not ever cheap. It was purchased with the blood of my Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The blood covenant. Now with that, I mentioned this last week too. A little later in the story in Genesis, God says, shall we hide from Abraham what we're about to do in Sodom and Gomorrah? He says, no, he's in covenant with us. We won't hide from Abraham what we're going to do. God won't hide from you what he's doing in the world. God won't hide from you when the nations shake and governments quake and things start happening. He won't hide what's going on from you. We can know what's happening by the Spirit of the Lord. He said, shall we hide from Abraham? To no, we'll go to Abraham. I've got a covenant with Abraham and him with me. He's got access to my favor. He's got access to everything I am. When you have a covenant relationship with someone, everything they have is yours and everything you have is theirs and you become one with them. And we have a covenant with God and through Christ we've become one. There's no more separation. It's not a bunch of religious folks trying to carry different burdens to one day try to make it. Praise God through Jesus Christ who purchased it with the blood. We're already passed over. We've already entered the promised land. We've already have the blessing and favor of God by our faith in Christ. So you've got to believe it to practice it. You can't pray about or have or something what you don't understand, what you don't know. My people perish for lack of knowledge until you understand God wants you well. It's hard to pray and believe for your healing until you understand God wants to bless your marriage and your family and prosper you and help you get a job. It's hard to believe for it when you're going to the interview. You've got to understand this and believe it and step out in faith to be able to practice it. It's there for you, but if you want to experience it, you have to walk in it. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. You've got to experience it. You've got to walk in it. Step out in the faith. Amen? Praise God. I can choose to lay hands on the sick and pray for someone. Or we can choose, well, you know, God's sovereign. Whatever happens, if happens. If he wanted me well, he would just make me well. No, he told us to pray for the sick. He prayed us to go preach the gospel. He told us to go and be the church, that you are the light of the world. 
Praise God. We have a role in it now. The role in it now is to take this covenant, praise God, and expand it to the nations. To carry this glory that we have one with God and carry it to the nations. And man, God did that. Is doing that. And did that in the United States of America. Let's talk a little bit about how this pertains to July 4th, Independence Day. Go with me to Acts chapter 17. Everybody with me? Glory to God. Acts chapter 17, verse 24. Okay? There you go. Flip a few Bibles. If you forgot yours today, try to bring it next week. Bring your notebook with it. Acts chapter 17, verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And does not live in temple made by hands. Verse 25. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. Verse 26. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. Praise God. That was his plan. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the whole earth that he created. And he determined... The times, everybody say times, set for them and the exact places, everybody say places. He determined the times and the places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. He determined, I praise God. Ever thought about that? He determined for you to be born in this generation. He determined for you, praise God, to be those of you born here in the USA. He determined for you, praise the Lord, to be where you are. He determined for you, and he prepared good works for you to walk in even before the creation of the world. He called you, he knew. He prayed, he's not, he's not operating bound by time. He's before, here, and after as well. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's there as well as here and before at the same time. Amen? God created time. Time didn't create God. Praise God. And he created you and called you from the womb to come to know him. He revealed himself to you and determined that you should be born here and in this time for a godly purpose he has in us. Amen. It's not all random chance evolution crawling out of a swamp and becoming a thing. How stupid is that? Some of them scientists are just stupid. The smarter ones are starting to realize the truth. Amen. The digger, that, the, the, the more they dig, the deeper they dig, they realize it. It's happening. Praise God. So he determined it. Now, watch this. So as man began to spread out over the earth, praise God, as he began to, to go from one place to the other, the, the earth was split in the Bible in a in this land mass became continents and spread out. And as history went on, God began to spread and mankind began to move and discover new things and new places and go. Hallelujah. Now, I want to read you a little story about our history. It was a slightly chilly April day 
in the year 1607 when three small sailing ships appeared on the horizon of the Atlantic Ocean and sailed toward the coastland of North America. They dropped their anchor in deep water offshore and about 120 weary English travelers took their turns climbing down into some longboats to take them across to the beach. On April 29th, 1607, and all of this is recorded history, their leader, uh, Reverend Robert Hunt, their spiritual leader on the journey, suggested they memorialize this landing in the New World. He directed that the seven-foot oak cross that they had brought from England be carried from the ship and planted firmly into the sand, what years later became known as Virginia Beach, Virginia. Praise the Lord. They, 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 they set that in the ground, and that's the first thing they did. These guys, they were having prayer meetings on the boat. They continued having prayer meetings every morning in that colony of Jamestown where they went up the river. They called it James after the king. A few miles inward, they settled. And praise God, Jamestown was, was established, the first colony in this new world, uh, you know, that they, that they had come over. These people, many of them, they understood the word. They, they believed and wanted to go propagate the gospel and spread it from sea to sea, from coast to coast. They wanted to, to reach all the Indian tribes here in America. And they also wanted to expand, uh, uh, you know, what England was doing around the world at that time. So, man, there, there was a, a leader and a believer who kept, you know, pressing the king about sending a group to go. And his heart, and that leader, his heart was to go share the gospel. That was the motivation. And, these, and they, they planted that cross, praise the Lord, and they began to pray. And his prayer is even recorded. He declared at the end of his prayer, from these shores, the gospel shall go forth, not only to this new world, but to the entire world. Amen. The times and places God put man, he had a reason and purpose for sending that team over here to America and planting in this country and to spread the gospel from one sea across to the other, but not only here in America. Do you know over these last, you know, 250 years, praise the Lord, during these last years, hallelujah, God has used the United States of America to help spread the gospel around the world. Not only the gospel, but to spread freedom the idea of freedom, the idea of people governing themselves, hallelujah, and having rights declared by God to have religious freedom and freedom. That idea to go to governments around the world came, praise the Lord, with America founding and, and moving forward. And that when we, when we ended up fighting against England, those first shots were called the shots heard around the world. Because soon after America declared our independence, then praise God, other colonies in South America and other places begin to declare their independence and freedom from tyrannical kings that ruled Europe at the time. So not only did God use America spreading the gospel, but to spread freedom that the gospel might go out. Church, yeah, this uh, 4th of July, I just want to remind you, praise God, we're celebrating uh, our independence, the declaration of independence from tyrannical government that we might be free and free to worship and free to serve God. Amen. You know, it's not easy. I mean, it's not hard to look around the world and see 
that America quickly became the most blessed nation on earth and still is. The freedom we're enjoying today, walking in this church and freedom, praise God. There's not foreign tanks scrolling in our streets, you know. Uh, we don't have, at the, at the time of Jesus Christ, Roman soldiers were walking around the streets of Jerusalem. Praise God. There's been time in France when Nazi Germany tanks were rolling through Paris. There's been times when one nation taken over by another. And here we are in the United States of America and we're free to come in and go free to, you know, just live as, as however the Lord's leading you, praise the Lord, and free, free to move about. You have freedom of religion, freedom of choice, praise God. And God always wanted it that way. He doesn't demand for us to become Christians. He offers a choice for whosoever will, for whosoever will come, praise the Lord. Reverend Robert Hunt, praise God, in his prayer, then... Thirteen years later, November 1620, more English settlers came on what you know as the famous Mayflower, coming to Massachusetts, establishing the Massachusetts Bay Colony. The pilgrims came across. These pilgrims and separatists, they were living in England, and England had broken free from the Roman Catholic Church, but they began to set up their own religion, the Anglican Church, the Church of England, that you had to belong to and had to pay taxes to. There were some things that was a lot better with it than it was under Roman Catholicism and the rest of Europe, but soon it became uh, um, you know, tyrannical and, and under man's influence. And some people wanted to break free, and they wanted to purify the Church of England. They called themselves they were the Puritists. Others think, hey, we can't make this thing any better. We've got to break completely away. And they call themselves that they were the separatists. They separated from the Church of England. Some of them moved to Holland and got away. And then they found out about the new world. And folks, that's why these pilgrims came across where they can worship in freedom of truth, not under, you know, man's religion, but they broke free to come. Hallelujah. So much of our history in the, the charters of every colony were written about God and written about establishing faith in Jesus Christ. The main schools that were built, the main reader was the Bible for teaching kids to read. The, main, the first colleges were built, were, were built in order to raise up ministers for their colonies. So the, we have a, such a strong history. And here they were, praise God, the Massachusetts Bay Charter in the Mayflower Compact, it says this, have undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Before they got off the boat, they signed this. The purpose we're getting off this boat and going, praise God, is for the advancement of the Christian faith. Praise the Lord. They didn't come to this country to establish the Muslim faith. They didn't start America to establish Islam or Hinduism or any other. Uh, uh, no, they came to establish the Christian faith on this continent. Praise the Lord. It's very clear. The talking heads out there in the news and everything want to rewrite our history. But the truth of the matter, you look into it. We're founded on godly principles, Judeo-Christian values. In the Massachusetts Bay Charter to government, our life, that our life may incite the nations of this country to the knowledge and obedience of the one true God and the Savior of mankind in the Christian faith. That's in their government document of why they're starting uh, the country. Praise God. Over the next 150 years, 
we saw 13 English colonies established along the coast of this new world. And in every charter, God, Jesus Christ, and the Christian faith is mentioned. From 1607 now, by 1776, church, as we skip forward, three million people in 13 colonies with the concepts of ordered liberty, the dignity of the individual, and the proper role of government, and morality needed in a free people established by the truth of the Holy Bible. Then England, King George, began to use the colonies mainly to fund their wars against France and others and to bring in the raw materials and the colonies began felt used by England and soon, praise the Lord, rallied by the words of one of our famous men, Patrick Henry. You know, he, he said this, and I'm going to read some quotes from some others. Praise the Lord. And I hope I just want to review some American history here. The purpose is to see and look at the hand of God in the nations of the earth. Amen. And to see his hand on what he did here. Patrick Henry said this. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased by the price of chains and slavery? Should we just continue going on with these redcoats marching in our land now from England trying to control us even though we don't believe? Should we stay under the bondage of this, you know, dictatorship king of England now? Is there a time to rise up and overthrow? Praise the Lord. Is there a time for Iran, Iraq, North Korea, some in China to finally decide, hey, we don't want to be ruled by tyrants. We want to be free. The American call to freedom has also incited other people around the world to also want to be free. And sometimes it takes a price to earn that freedom, to gain that freedom. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ had to die on the cross to get our freedom from the bondage of the sin. Amen. Freedom, praise the Lord, doesn't come just cheap or free. It's purchased, praise the Lord. He says, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased by the chains of slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what others may do, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. I'm willing to die for my freedom. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm willing to die, praise the Lord, in order to keep my freedom to worship my Savior. I hope it doesn't come to that in this country, but it's already come to that in many countries. Praise the Lord. Want to be in the, the bondage of what they're telling, or the freedom, praise the Lord, where, hey, I'm going to live for Christ, or, or you can kill me. Amen. But you're not going to tell me, take my freedom of religion. Take my freedom, praise the Lord. I'm going to keep my freedom. Praise the Lord. You can't put me back in the bondage of that mess in my nose, in my head. I'm free. He set me free. I'm not going back there. Amen. I'm not going back to that mess. I'm staying free. I'm going to walk out my freedom. You purchased it with your blood. I appreciate. Watch this church. I appreciate the purchase. I appreciate him walking in between those bloody animals and taking it for me. I appreciate it to the extent where, Lord God, thank you for saving me. You died for me. I'm going to choose to live for you. 
the precious price that was paid. Life for deep. I know what others, I know not what others may do. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Another author, I believe, inspired by God, as these men were believers, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if you look how America came together, Thomas Paine wrote this. It's called The American Crisis with what was going on with English troops walking through with the colonies wanting to be free. He said, and I believe it holds true for today's world now. He said, these are times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in the crisis, shrink from service of their country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of every man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. Freedom's worth a lot. He's calling his countrymen, he's calling the colonies to bear arms, to stand up, to fight. And if some lose their life and die for it, it's worth it. Praise the Lord. He's saying the summer soldier, some of us who, you know, make a half-hearted decision. Yeah, I kind of believe. I want the benefits of Christianity. I don't want to go to hell, but I'm not really. I don't know if I want to make a decision to follow him. In the midst of darkness and struggles around, I don't know if I really want to follow him through everything. I just want to be a summer soldier, you know, just lightly, you know, where, where it doesn't cause me conflict. But when trials or temptation or something come, I'm just, you know, going to lightly do my own thing. This guy is, this is a pretty serious note in American history. He's asking folks to go against what then would be considered treason against England. The penalty for that is death for sure. These folks who ended up coming together and signing the Declaration of Independence, they were wealthy business owners in the colonies and leaders in the community, and they came together, and when they signed that thing, they knew, praise God, if they lost the war, they would be hung, their property to be confiscated, and everything else. They knew what was on the line. It's no light matter. Freedom. Praise the Lord. There's the, the quote by another one of our leaders, Thomas Paine, praise the Lord. Now, George Washington said this, Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness. Man, I wish they'd quote him in the news right now. For people to subvert, to go against, to belittle these great values of morality and religion, okay, that prop up our nation that's built on freedom, 
to subvert that and to think that a nation could last. In vain would that man came trib uh, claim tribute to patriotism. He's saying if you can't believe in the God of the Creator and religion and morality that's needed to make a society function well, then you're not a patriot to this country at all. That's what George Washington's saying. A leader, first president of our nation, and the leader, the general of the armed forces against England. Daniel Webster, one of the leaders back then, said this, if we abide in the principles taught in the Bible, our nation will go on prospering. They sent a, a writer from France named Alex de Tocqueville. He came and he went through our towns and cities and studied things, went to church services, went to barbecues, went to picnics, went to businesses, looked around at everything America and traveled the country for a while and was keeping journal and wrote about it. And he came to this conclusion as people all over Europe was wondering how in the world this little ragtag nation of folks who came over started, how they prospered so quickly, how they became so powerful so quick, how they had such influence on the world. Why is America so great? They wanted to know. And he came to this conclusion as this guy from France wrote, America is great because America is good. If America ceases to be good, it will cease to be great. Wow. That's interesting. Amen. Amen. Make America great again. Turn the hearts of the people back to Christ. As we follow Christ, the love of Christ in us overflows to our schools, our communities, you know, our society, our families. Praise the Lord. I told you last week, he turns the hearts of the father back to the children. Amen. By turning people to Christ, by folks experience Christ. Man, hallelujah. They become good because the goodness of God is now in us. And that makes the country great. Amen. Glory to the Lord. Well, well, church, it came to the point of uh, our nation deciding, our colonies deciding to separate from England. They came together and wrote the Declaration of Independence. And in it, it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So in the declaration, these guys that our leaders of this country, found, our forefathers founding this country, Christians, believers, they wrote in the very declaration, we're endowed by our creator. They recognize the creator, not evolution, not Buddha. Not a, they recognize there's a creator and they didn't call him Allah. He was Jehovah God. Amen. They recognize that and they recognize and in every colony, the charters with Jesus Christ and his foundation and the country built to expand the gospel from coast to coast. And not only here, but what that 
pasture declared as he's kneeling down and praying. He wasn't just praying. He was prophesying by the Holy Spirit. And what he said is true. God has used this country to span the gospel, not only here, but around the world. There's power in your words. You can declare the word of God. You believe and agree with him. And what he says and his will shall come to pass. So you might as well speak it anyway. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. So we declare and believe in his will. Amen. In the big picture of things. Praise God. So they came together. They wrote the declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Then it says, and they have a new idea of government inspired by God. A new idea that they said government is instituted among men to secure these rights. In other words, government's not going to be just to serve the king of England or the king of France or the king. And, you know, you have your, your nobles and your subjects. And uh, No, no, no. Government's going to be for the people, praise the Lord. And the rights are given by God. And the purpose of government is to secure the rights of the people, not the other way around. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. And then they said this. And when a government's not doing it, the people have the right to overthrow it. They wrote it in the declaration. And then they started listing all the things that King George had done that was not secure in their rights, but harming them. And at the bottom, they said, so because of this, we hereby declare that these colonies and these people are now independent from England. It's an all-out rebellion, a revolution. We've had enough. We want to be free, and we're prepared to die for it. Bring on the redcoats. And they did. And when they did, praise the Lord, we know another famous story. Praise God, they're coming up into the harbor. Amen. And there was another man, praise the Lord, Paul Revere, with another fellow. Hey, shine the light, one if by land or two if by sea. And they started coming and they're marching into Lexington and Concord in Massachusetts. You see our farmers and our hunters and our, you know, the beginnings of our NRA people. They had their guns. They had the ammunition. They were storing it up in places. Hey, we, we wrote, praise God, in, in our charter, we had a militia in every town. And that militia's purpose, which became the National Guard, our, that militia's, militia's purpose was not to enforce the government rules, the purpose of the militias was to be ready to overthrow the government in case we need to. Amen. Oh my, are we recording this? <laughs> They're listening. <laughs> but that's the truth. Amen. Big brother, are you listening? The purpose of the militia was to train on every ground. If this government gets too strong, we're going to knock them off because we want our freedom. And when the United States government took in all the state militias as the National Guard, now they're serving the nation rather than just see each state as much. It's a dangerous thing. But praise God, it's a good thing we have our own little local militias, don't we? Amen? Hallelujah! Y'all all right? Praise the Lord. So they started storing ammunition. Of course, the spies found out about it. 
there was a lot of people around the colonies that were scared and they were loyal to England. You know, they wanted to keep their farm and keep their mansion and keep their business and stuff. And they were making money on this deal with England. So they were telling folks and here come the redcoats marching. Well, Paul Revere and the other, they found out about it, warned them at night. And man, as they're marching in from every little rock wall and behind every barn, there was the Minutemen, the militiamen of the United States of America, or just the 13 colonies at the time, with their muskets and their guns, and they were picking off those red coats like targets. Man, military has changed now. Instead of wearing a red coat with a white X on it, they try to blend in. You know? But could you imagine our farmers and our deer hunters and squirrel hunters? Say, man, I got this one. You know? They're just marching. And they picked them off. And folks, when that shot rang out and the Redcoats of the English began to return fire, it is noted in history as the shot heard round the world. Because just a few years later, man, the people of um, Brazil and Portugal and other they all, the people of all the, the South American colonies, they started breaking away from France and breaking away from Spain and all of that. And people said, wow, if America can be free from the king and make their own government, then so can we. See, God used this country to start that move so people can be free around the world. And they began to fire and... Man, the war went back and forth. General George Washington came and he began to lead the army. And man, in fighting, they were scared of him. They had heard about him in the French and Indian War. And the Indians said, who is this guy that man cannot kill? Believe he had a supernatural protection on his life. And God blessed him and Praise God, the United States, the colonies won the war. We became free and independent. And a few years later, 11 years later, 1787, our leaders from the colonies met together and wrote the United States Constitution. Folks, we got pictures of uh, our leaders on the wall at the front of the Welcome Center when you come in. And there they are writing the Constitution. And there was quite a debate on how a government's going to work that didn't have a king. First thing they did, we're not giving all the power to one man or a president. We're going to divide this country, this government, into three branches. A legislative, executive, and, and judicial. We're not investing. We know that people can be corrupt. Praise God. Until the coming king, until the perfect king, Jesus Christ, comes, we can't have a king. Amen? Praise the Lord. What you got, brother? They're the three systems. Amen. For the Lord is our judge, judicial. The Lord is our lawgiver, legislative. The Lord is our king, executive. It is he who will save us. Amen. Amen. Ultimately, you know, thank you, brother. A, uh, a nation, to have a king can be good if it's a real good king. But we can't trust any man for that. So one day, praise God, we want a king with all absolute rule. And he's coming. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Until then, we need to limit government. So no one person has too much power. Amen. 
and divide between legislative, executive, judicial. But when we get, praise God, the spirit of the Lord and folks that are Christian in each branch and they can work together, then we can advance this thing for the cause of Christ. Church, we have an opportunity for this right now. God's shaking this nation. Praise God. The chief justice, praise God, at Kennedy just, Kennedy just resigned. Now, praise God, if President Trump, with his list of potential uh, justices coming in, and we choose a conservative judge, and we get a Congress to ratify that, we have an opportunity to make some serious changes in this land. Amen. I'm talking about, now look, I say this, let me say, I, I wrote something, a comment on my Facebook page this week that actually I read through something that made me think and I rewrote it, wrote it down. You know, you saw just a week ago the liberal leftists crying out over families being, you know, separated at the border. And they have pictures and images and they're so savagely angry about children being separated from their mothers. Okay? And understand that graphic. But then two days later, when Kennedy resigns, these same people are now crying out for the, their so-called right for a child to be ripped out of her mother's womb. Sounds like hypocrisy, a dichotomy to me. Here they are complaining about children being ripped from their mothers at the border, but then there's a chance to overturn Roe versus Wade, and now they're protesting and shouting out for their so-called right. We want to rip babies from their mothers. It's quiet in here. Don't you see the hypocrisy in that? Folks, we believe in helping the stranger, feeding the hungry, taking in the stranger, helping those. One of the beginnings of this ministry, praise God, when I was starting in another church, there was a whole group of Mexican um, migrant workers come over that were picking potatoes and they were staying right there at what is now Chase Suites. There was about shoot, 80 of them. And I went, I had my old blue truck, praise God, praise God, and drove that thing up there and began to talk with them. See, I knew their language, not Spanish, but soccer. <laughs> and I got my ball out and they started gathering around said, hey, fellas, y'all want to go play? And man, they got in the back of my truck. Some of them were drinking beer as the pastor was going down the road. <laughs> Got to do all things to all people. So man, I reached out, brought them to the industrial park up here, played some games with them, and you know, got them some lunch. And then we established another game. And then we said, hey, we've got a gym at our, our little church. Would y'all like to come play some indoor? Pick a day when you're off, we'll feed you. And man, we organized that thing. And man, we had 80 of them come to the little church we were at. We played soccer. We cooked chicken. We watched the Jesus film in Spanish. And many got saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, man, I'm not opposed to immigration. But you know, those guys came in legally on a visa to work. Man, when, we, when they went back, 
We loaded that bus down with um, clothes and things for their families. They went back to Monterey, Mexico. One of those guys ended up, you know, getting, becoming uh, legal in the United States, working. And a few years ago, he walked in here remembering us and visited us right here at the river. You know? So praise God, we're for immigration. We're for folks coming in. But we want them just like when I go to Mexico, when I'm going to Africa, they stop me at the airport and they look at my papers and they decide if everything's legit and legal. I don't go nowhere without them looking at our passport and our visa. Amen. We just want the same thing for everybody else. Amen. We want you here. Praise God. If you want to come for the right reasons, if you believe in America and the freedom we have and you want to be a part of it, we welcome you. But sign up, get in line, and let us process you like they do us. Amen. You know? Praise the Lord. So the idea of promoting it as kids being separated and making a big picture, man, the news is tricky. You got to watch out. You got to discern by the Holy Spirit. And then they turn around and start demanding their right to rip children out of the womb. Folks, Kennedy was a swing judge. He voted for some conservative issues fiscally, but socially, he's a leftist. Yes. Voted for abortion, for homosexuality, marriage, for all of this stuff. If we replace that, there could be something, go to court, and somebody take it to court for the right of that child inside the womb to be alive and born. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we as Christians believe that God formed that baby in the womb and as soon as that child is conceived, it is a person, not a blob, not a thing, not a part of a woman's body. It's a different body living inside a mother and she doesn't have the right to kill a person God created. Amen. Big brother, are you getting all this? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, folks, that's why God created sex beautifully and wonderfully blessed to be in the bonds of holy matrimony. Where two people have a covenant and a commitment together. So where children are born, that child has a father and a mother together. Amen? Outside of that, creates a problem. God loves us all. Folks, we grow in our knowledge and grow in our understanding. Praise the Lord. That clock set. Oh, there we go. And you know what? I'm glad for all of us who have done things under the enemy's way, you know, and been messed up and walking and, and violated the covenant. And we all have come short of the glory. We've all violated the covenant. We all deserve to be cut up and broken and like slaughtered like that animal. But I'm so happy, praise God, that the freedom I have from that now because Jesus became that slaughtered animal for the, on the cross for me. And now, praise God, now that we're growing in knowledge of truth, now we can repent of our past, turn away from that, raise up our children now to do things differently than we did or our fathers did or our auntie did or our mother did. We can cha change things and raise them up to do, hey, we're going we're to follow the covenant, praise God, and do th things the way the Holy Spirit is leading us now.
Can we stop and look back and give thanks that God raised up this nation and he blessed this nation in such a way that's blessed me. Still, even with all the turmoil we face, I still believe we're in the most blessed nation on earth. Still sending missionaries out. Still the most, the most um, um, generous nation on earth. Blessing other countries. You know, the majority of the blessing financially that goes to other nations and things doesn't come through the government, but through the church. The body of Christ putting in wells and building churches and doing things all around. Praise God. Christians from people and churches sowing. Today, I just got a, a message uh, uh, this morning. A brick machine is arriving on the campus of John Wandera in Uganda because of you. Amen. It's going to build village churches throughout that region. I'm waiting for the pictures. Praise the Lord. Amen. God's blessing. Folks, you have a heritage in this nation from people found in this country on godly principles, and we're blessed because of it. Let's stay focused on the principles he's called us. Let's stay focused on sharing his truth and his love. Even if half of our nation seems to be going the other way, hey, let's, let's keep, remember, praise God. Amen? Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. This nation is blessed because God is our Lord. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Father, I thank you to serve in a church where people filled with your spirit are beginning an awakening and understanding more and more of your truth, our history, our heritage. Father, as we celebrate independence, the 4th of July, this Wednesday, let's remind our children and our children's children that God blessed this country and that God blessed us with freedom. And that's why we can celebrate. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, y'all have a great day.